Now, I'm glad you're here. No place I'd rather be than in the house of God, right? Place where we can do what? Open up the word of God. I'm too old to get cute. We're just all about the word. Amen. We can just sit down and have a fireside chat about who God is, what God is doing, and what he is doing in our lives, and what he's also preparing us for, right? So uh, praise God for it. I'm just glad you're here. Welcome. Uh, those that are watching online, welcome this morning. I've got a, I got a word for you. I'm going to break it down. It's going to be so simple. Last week, the Lord just kind of revealed to us in his word <clears throat> that he is desiring to progressively reveal himself to us. We started out with how God revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the children of Israel that were in Egyptian bondage, they prayed to the God of uh, the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They paid to, uh, prayed to the patriarchs, the God of the patriarchs. And then God said, I'm getting ready to show myself a little bit more to you. Then he showed up in Egypt 400 years later, says, I want to deliver you out of your bondage. He's a pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day, brought them through the Red Sea, said, I want you to know I'm a God of presence. I want to introduce myself to you. And what did he do? He took Moses to the mountain, gave him the Ten Commandments. Moses came down out of the mountain. Children of Israel were dancing around the golden calf, and Moses threw down the Ten Commandments, upset. We would think, well, you know, they're children of God. What are they doing? Moses is seeking God in the mountain, and they're dancing around a golden calf. They're acting like they're still in Egypt. Well, they didn't know God personally. They knew the God of their, the patriarchs. They, they were 400 years in Egypt, right? They were 400 years listening to the Egyptian gods and how they worshiped and what they did. So God said, I got to change your perspective of who I am. I'm not like those gods. So he brought down the Ten Commandments and they said, whoops, we got a, we, we got a problem. Houston, we got a problem. We've we, we not been doing that. We've been praying to the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and we know Jacob said, don't leave my bones here in Egypt. We're going to the promised land. But, but uh, they didn't know that uh, God was a God that wanted to be present with them. And in order to be present, he gave them the Ten Commandments. There's some behavioral issues that, that, that stop me from being present with you. And I know you can't approach me, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a temple and a, and, a, and a tabernacle and a place of sacrifice so I can become your God of presence and I can forgive your sins, Right? So what was that? That was just a type and a shadow of things to come. The wilderness tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the blood that was put on the mercy seat once a year to cover the sins of the people because the, the, the Ten Commandments that were in the Ark were judging them all year long. Watch what you're doing. You can't do that. But God said, That's not, it's not a perfect covenant. It's not the end of a thing. I want to finish this out because I want to be a God that is present with you. Go in your Bibles to the book of Romans, if you will, the book of Romans. Ah, Romans chapter 1. Let's take a peek here. Oh, yeah. Christmas season, right? All right. We celebrate it as the birth of our Savior, although he probably wasn't born in December, just saying. Probably more around March or so. And, and I know 
they say Christmas trees are pagan. I, I, I'm not worshiping that tree. I don't, I don't know what y'all do with it, but, but that's just a symbol. Like, I mean, that's nothing. <laughs> and, and if that was pagan worship, we're taking it back. It just, it's about Jesus, right? It just Don't get caught up in all that silliness, man. They just, just worship God. Love the Lord, you know. I'm on the Lord's side, and he knows it. <laughs> and that's important. Romans chapter 1. Let's look at verse 16. Romans 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. Now remember this, Jesus did come for the lost sheep of Israel. The Jewish people rejected him, right? And, and, and then God gave uh, Peter a vision that it wasn't just for the Jew, it was also for the Gentiles. So to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. For God so loved the entire world that he gave his only begotten son. But why was it to the Jew first? Because Jesus came through Abraham's lintage and, um, and God had to bring his plan to the planet somehow. And he brought out a guy by the name of Abraham, right? And uh, fulfilled his promise and covenant. But salvation is to everybody. We'll look at that here in just a moment. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now look at that. We're living in a time in, in this, this, the unfolding of biblical prophecy like no other generation. And if you would look around the world at the most assaulted, uh, I, I hate to say religion, I would just say the most assaulted truth, it all revolves around Jesus and who Jesus is. That should give you a little bit of heads up that you might be on the right side if you're on the side of Jesus. Because they're not attacking all these others that are still laying in the grave. Jesus is the only one that came up out of the tomb three days. He was resurrected from the dead. He resurrected himself. Now, now how in the world did that happen? How did Jesus resurrect himself? Well, death didn't have a right to him. It's pretty simple. It's not very hard, although we want to make it really difficult. But this, the gospel is most powerful in its most simplistic form. Jesus raised from the dead on the third day. How did he do that? He did that very simple. Death didn't have a right to him. Death, he didn't owe a debt to death. You do. I do. But Jesus didn't owe death anything. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the princes of this world would have known what they were doing when they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. They wouldn't have done it. Who's that? Who's the princes of this world? Satan, the small, the little G-O-D God of this world who wants to control all of humanity, keep us under subjection and oppression. And he is the arch enemy of God. And he hates God's human children because they're created in God's image. And they were specifically created to have fellowship and purpose and, and residency with God. And God also gave them another assignment through the power of the human family to populate his kingdom. He didn't come to the earth and make a billion humans. He made two and said, you're going to participate in populating my eternal kingdom of God, the human, the family, love, marriage, you know, right? I mean, he could have done it another way, but he wanted you to be a part of the blessing to understand what it's like to be a father. 
what it's like to have bare children, what it's like to have free will and consciousness to be able to, 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 to populate, co-labor with the Father, to populate his kingdom, his eternal kingdom. I mean, what do you think this is all about? I can't get any help up in here. This isn't difficult. God loves his human family. He made two, Adam and Eve. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Take what you see here in Eden and spread it all over the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. Well, you know how the story goes. They fell in the garden. They fell because they were created in the image of God, but they were not created as God himself. Perfection, which is the only one that can never sin. It's just God. But you can, I can, everyone else can as well. It's not that difficult. So, he said that, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why, did, why, is, why is the gospel so powerful? What makes Jesus so different? Why couldn't, uh, what makes him the truth? Why is it under such attack? Jesus raised from the dead. How did he do that? Was that some type of magician's trick? No, death didn't have a right to him, but it had a right to you. What's the Bible say? That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Death is very simply this. It is separation. You leave your body and go somewhere. The ghost that's in your shell will leave the shell someday. It does have an eternal destination. So you have to separate from this body. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You owe a debt to death, but Jesus did not. Now, why didn't Jesus owe the debt that you owe? Because Jesus was conceived in the virgin womb of Mary by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God is so cool, man. Ooh. What does that mean? That means Joseph wasn't Jesus' daddy. What does that mean? That he didn't have Joseph's bloodline in him. What does that mean? That there was no sin in his blood. What does that mean? That Jesus did not sin and Jesus did not owe the debt of sin. Oh, God is so cool. I mean, he, the devil thought, I mean, from, from Moses and all of the prophets, Satan always trying to take out the prophets of God, the deliverers, to try to stop the coming of Christ. They tried to stop Jesus. They tried to kill him. King Herod tried to kill all of the, the, the newborns. Tried to take, they always wanted to take out Jesus, but God is just too cool in his plan. I'm, I'm coming for you, children, but I'm not, I'm not coming how you think, and, and the devil doesn't know what he thinks he knows. So Jesus was born and conceived of the Holy Spirit from the virgin womb of a little girl by the name of Mary, and walking this planet as God condescending to men of low esteem, he left his throne to come and pay the price for the sins of his children. Oh, what does he say in the gospel of John? Well, we see it during football season. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave 
his only begotten son, hey, that whosoever, turn your neighbor say, I'm a whosoever. Yeah, that, that, that whosoever should believeth upon him should what? Not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Because God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not condemned. <laughs> uh, not to condemn the world, but rather through him they might be saved. Come on, put your hands together for the simplicity of the power of the gospel. Isn't this wonderful? Now, we can get real deep if you want to. How deep y'all want to go? Because I promise you, I can probably go as deep as anybody in the house. We can go deep. We can dig it out. We can exegete. We can Jesus it. We can, we can uh, Strong's Concordance it in Hebrew and Greek it. We can do all that. But the power of the gospel was found in its most simplistic form. Religion wants to make it difficult. Put a bunch of piety and ceremony in there. <laughs> you know, it ain't about piety and ceremony and works. It's about the finished work of the cross. What Jesus did. You know, when we see that Jesus uh, was in the Garden of Gethsemane before um, he was arrested... He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they're, and they're getting ready to arrest him. Judas has already betrayed him, and the, and the, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the Romans, they're all coming to get him, and, and uh, why, 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 why were they coming for Jesus? I mean, what actually did he do? What, what did he do to upset? Have you ever asked yourself the question, what did Jesus do to get everybody so mad that they wanted to kill him? Because the Bible says in the book of Acts, consider Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. He was doing good. What he was doing? He was curing the people that were sick. He was casting out devils, curing all diseases. I mean, Jesus was just, he was feeding hungry people. He was, he, he even raised a couple dead folks and, and he was just helping people out. He's feeding, giving, you know, he's had a fish and chips ministry. I mean, he was, he was down. I mean, he was doing it. He was, he was chilling. He went about doing good. He was a good, good dude. What got him in so much trouble? You ever ask yourself the question? Because this is a question that you'll hear on the internet today and TikTok. Oh, I see it all. I hear it apart from it. Where in the gospel did Jesus ever claim that he was God and he should be worshipped? Well, what do you think got him crucified? Feeding hungry people? Healing, healing people? No, he took authority over the Sabbath, said, I am the God of the Sabbath. And he healed on the Sabbath. What you got to say about that? They, they asked him, you know, who are you? And he said, he, he made this, before Abraham was, I am. What did he do? They wanted to pick up stones. Why? Because blaspheme. You're saying you're God. He only upset him when he made the claim that he was God's son, making him God's equal. I and the Father are one. So it wasn't all the good deeds that he was doing. It was his message. And it wasn't the message of even hope in eternal life. It was the message that I am God. 
And they said, blasphemer, blasphemer, blasphemer. We got to take this guy out. So why is it that, that, that no one will get upset with you talking about Buddha and, and Krishna and, and you talk about all these different... <clears throat> but man, you start talking about Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Even Christians start to cringe now. <laughs> I can't believe he's got the bravery to mention Jesus and national television. Ooh, he might get in trouble for that. I you know what I'm talking about now. Huh? Why? Because uh, it's not everything that's under attack. It wasn't every prophet under attack. It was the truth that's under attack. They wanted to kill the truth. Stop it. Stop Jesus. Stop the truth. He's lying. He's not God. He's not the Son of God. Let's hang him. Let's crucify him. Oh, let's arrest him. Oh, Jesus, like you're playing right into my plans because no man has the power to take my life. I freely give my life. I lay my life down and I can freely take it up again. No man has power over me except the power that I allow him to have over me. Don't you know that I could call a myriad of angels to rescue me? This is part of it. Come on, Satan. Kill me if you can. Yeah. Make me pay. Make me pay as though I owe the debt. Come on, make me. See me? Yeah. Can you take me out? Death, come get me. Grave, come on. Come on, get me. What's he thinking about? He's thinking about you for God so loved the world. He's calling on death to come after him. For God so loved the world, he took Satan on on your behalf who had the power of the fear of death. He said, come get me. He's in the garden. He's under pressure. And he knows that he's getting ready to take the weight of the sins of the world upon him such as no other human being or God man could have ever experienced because when death came after Jesus, what he do? Death came after and slew itself. Jesus didn't know the debt, so death came a knocking. Now, something very interesting. When Jesus is on the cross, he he uh, says something. As he's getting ready to die, he says, my God, my God, why has you forsaken me? As though God turned his back on him. And for the first time, Jesus realizes what it's like to be separated from the Father. He had to be separated from the presence of the Father so he could know and take upon the sins and the pain and the curse of what it was for his human children to be separated from him. Oh. And then he just simply said, it's finished, it's done, gave up the ghost, put me in the grave, and hell was the first to know 
Jesus went and led captivity captive. He preached to the saints that had gone on before. He went into a place called paradise. He said, I'm the one you've been waiting on. Check out my scars. Check out my piercing. Come with me. I got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. All you Lazarus over there, uh, all you rich men over there, uh, and, 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 and that great golf, you, you're staying. All, all the saints of old Abraham, Isaac, all the patriarchs, come on. We're going to split some graves open here in a couple days get ready because we're coming out of here and man did he do it turn your neighbor say he did it come on there's so much simplicity in the power of the gospel don't let people make it so complicated that's just a tool of the enemy you are a child of God created in his image, separated from God because of sin. A great chasm and a great breach. God said, I'll breach that chasm. I'll bring man and God back together again through my sacrificial sacrifice and my love for them. I will pay the price for them. My blood is innocent. It qualifies to pay the price and I'll prove it to you because after death comes for me and Satan comes for me, three days later I'm going to raise myself from the dead. And Jesus busted that grave open. He came out of the tomb has victory over death hell and the grave Jesus is the way the truth and the life why do you think he's so hated he is the truth it's like poetry it's hated (laughs) truth is like poetry nobody likes it Jesus under attack. So, thinking not a strange thing. I mean, think about this. Jesus did everything. He was cool. He 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 was just healing, and they crucified him. But here we are in almost twenty twenty four, and you're going to stand up and say, "I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. I've been saved. I'm on my way to heaven." What do you think about that, classmates? What are you talking about, Jesus freak? What do you think about that, mom and dad? Have you lost your mind? (laughs) What do you think about that, brother and sister? What are you doing, trying to bring persecution to the family? You want people to think you're crazy? You've joined some cult? Ah, come on. Am I I saying a thing? Yeah, yeah. So, so wait a minute, this Jesus of the Bible, they crucified him for doing nothing wrong. And then you want to say that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And somehow think that you won't have to pay some kind of price to hold on to truth as though it's not worth it. I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. That God sent his son for you and for me. This is Christmas. It ain't about ho, 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 who do you know? Old St. Nick. Move your mind aside, will you? Lord have mercy. It's about Jesus. 
Uh, it's not about the reindeer on the mirror. It's about the baby in the manger. That's the message that we got to get across. I mean, I don't care if you want to decorate a tree and, you know, ask Santa Claus for something, but Santa Claus is a counterfeit. He knows everybody, right? Sounds like somebody I know. He knows if you're naughty or nice. Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> uh, and then one night of the year, he's everywhere at once. <laughs> Sounds like somebody I know. Uh, he gives gifts to men. <laughs> Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> Ain't it Jesus? Won't he do it? I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, for it is what the power of God the truth that you embrace in the gospel of Christ literally represents and possesses the power of God. What's it possess the power of God to do or for? It's a power of, of God unto salvation. Now, that word power literally means deutimus. It's where we derive our word dynamite. It is the deutimus, the dynamic power of God. If we had today a modern day understanding, we could probably even make it atomic. Atomic power. Because what you're doing with that power literally is translating and transferring Eternal life. Taking eternal life out of one realm and putting it in another. Come on, we want to talk about quantum physics. We want to talk about breaking sound barriers. We want to talk about outer space and inner space and what we're finding there and bending light and finding wormholes and you want to talk about all these things and CERN and the dividing and the breaking of atoms and realizing that material at its base form is nothing but waves. We want to, we're searching for the power and the truth. He says that the gospel is the power of, the dynamite, the deutimus, the atomic of God unto salvation. Translating people's eternal destiny from one realm to another. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I mean, you know, we watch all these Marvel movies. They go in and out of realms. You know, they go down there and talk to the dark side, and then they go up here and talk to the, uh, the, the protector of the realm. And this guy's down here trying to get that realm protector and trying to go in and out of dimension. And, uh, uh, this is the gospel, man. Marvel didn't invent interdimensional understanding and travel. They're not aliens. <laughs> the 
them UFOs. They didn't come intergalactic. That mothership's not visiting us from some other galaxy. It's interdimensional. Whoa. Where you find that? In the Bible. Ezekiel said it's like a wheel within a wheel. Elijah says like chariots of fire coming down from heaven. Revelation, John the Revelator said, I saw the skies roll back like a scroll and I saw someone, as it were, his eyes flames of fire, his hair white as wool. He was on a great white steed and upon his vesture was dipped in blood and he had a name above all names, King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. This is the good news of the gospel. So, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's easy to say, harder to live when everything in culture and forces around you despise truth. Why do people hate the truth? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. Truth is a sanitizer. Light is a sanitizer. Men love darkness more than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Truth turns on the light. Truth will expose you, which is a good thing. When the truth of the gospel comes real to you, it doesn't come wrapped in a form like you're a good person and you deserve it and God loves you. No, it comes wrapped in the form like here comes the light and there you are sitting in a cesspool of sin, a cesspool of darkness and separation and unholiness and unworthiness alienated, separated, lost, outside of the realm. When the light shines down and the truth comes to you and you're down there, the first thing you recognize, I'm unworthy. I'm a sinner. I'm not in that realm. Adam and Eve, what are you doing? Putting clothes on. Why? Because we are terrestrial not celestial we don't belong with God we're uncovered man here comes the light Adam where are you Jim where are you Jennifer Noe where are you Vic where are you I'm hiding why are you hiding because I'm uncovered I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? The light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ exposed my nakedness. What is nakedness? Unholy, unworthy, unable to tap in to the celestial, the realm of God, to know God, to walk with God, to be with God. Ah! 
Now men are like, we going to become God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Elon. Good luck, fellas. You going to become God. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Woo. Oh, that's hilarious. Three things I know. There is a God. I'm not him. And neither are you. This gospel. I'm separated. How do I come from this terrestrial separation of intended, the intended plan of God to walk with me, to talk with me, to be one with me, to communicate with me, to reveal the future to me, to co-labor, give me understanding. Let me name the animals, man. Let me populate the kingdom of God. Let me be participate. Let me know what it's like to be a father. Let me know what it's like to be intimate. You separated, bro. You broken. People like, they like, oh man, church is so lucky. I showed up and came. I remember when I first got saved, I walked in this big church. I'm like, y'all lucky. I come to the kingdom, man. You know, y'all know what you got. <laughs> no, you've been there. Y'all don't even know. Shoot. Filthy, stinking, rotten flesh. You ain't worthy of the kingdom. You're not worthy to even walk with God. You're not worthy of the knowledge of the scripture. You're not you got that right. Jesus. The gospel. If you're going to be touched by the translating, transforming power of the gospel, the atomic, the dynamic, the dunamis power of the gospel, when... The atomic light of God shines in your cesspool of carnality and uncleanness and separation. You don't sit there and say, God, it's about time. <laughs> Where you been? Are you serious? Don't you know what neighborhood I live in? Don't you know what side of the tracks I come from? Don't you know? How smart I am, and it's taken you this long. Now, when the light of this glorious gospel comes to you, and the light of God and all of its atomic energy shines all of its forces of truth that have been known throughout time because they are eternally established, oh, Lord, have mercy. I don't know why Jesus loved me, but I'm so glad he did. I don't know why Jesus sent his son, but I'm so glad he did. Nobody knows like I know the troubles I've been. <laughs> Jesus came and found me right there in the depths of my sin. 
I just made that up. You thought it was a song, didn't you? (laughs) This is the power of the gospel. If they hated Jesus for exposing the Father to a sin-filled world as the light of God has come to rescue men and they hated him for it because it disrupted their religious order and Satan's oppressive power and worldly rule over the hearts of certain men you think they not going to come at you a little bit? You think all your classmates going to celebrate the atomic truth that you hold dear, more dear than anything, even a possibly a relationship with you? Don't you know who I am? I'm Mr. Popular here at the school. I'm Mr. Football. I'm Mr. Everything. I'm Mr. This. I'm this and that. And you want a relationship with me. <laughs> I'm Mr. Good looking. I'm, I'm sweet good looking. I, I, I'm all that in a bag of chips, fellas. You want to be my friend. You want to be in my gang. You want to hang out with my crowd. You want to sit at my lunch table. You want to hang out in the break room next to me. You, you, you want a relationship with me because if you get close to me, then everyone else around you will think you're special. Ain't that funny? I got to have a relationship. I got, she got to be my girl. I got to hang out with this clique. I got to be, listen, that relationship isn't going to use any atomic force and deutimous truth to transfer you from the realm of darkness to the realm of light. I'd rather hold on to relationship with flesh than a relationship with truth. No, you wouldn't. Because you would refuse to sacrifice the power of God just to have a friend that wants to stay in darkness. Come on, put your hands together if you're loving. <clears throat> I'm going to close here. Oh, I'm, I'm early. Turn to the neighbor and say, he's early. <laughs> Holy smokes. I came at the right day. <laughs> I ain't gave the mic to ain't gave the mic Jennifer yet. It ain't over. <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> why don't you be that one that everyone wants to be the friend of because you walk in the light of the truth and you're a steadfast character filled integrity filled man and a woman of God that know who you are and I don't need anybody to tell me and I don't need anybody to accept me I am not ashamed of the gospel because I know it's the power of God 
It's, it's the dunamis. When I got saved uh, in 1985, I know most of your parents weren't even born then. I got saved in 1985 and um, came from a, a home of uh, my mom and dad. I was a love child. I mean, my mom and dad loved one another. <clears throat> but my, my father was an alcoholic. And my mom, you know, she would try to be a, a raise us kids. I was the youngest of three. <clears throat> and uh, my father, <clears throat> he left the home when I was very young. And my family married and divorced, married and divorced, and all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> needless to say, I was raised by my mother and my two older sisters. <clears throat> we had Christmas. We had Rudolph on the mirror. We had the manger scene on the mantle. We had the baby Jesus. We had all... Bob was clueless to what it meant. I mean, we had Cecil B. the Mills, Ben-Hur, and, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. But I, I had no idea what, what, what is that. I don't get it. But seeds were being planted, which is important. Before I came to Christ, I remember watching a little bit of Jimmy Swagger. Like, man, he's an odd character. But I just, what's he saying? It just, it's drawing me. But I don't even know what it is. And uh, being raised in that atmosphere in the home, <clears throat> divorce, I was a re very, very rebellious kid, teenager. Big trouble all the time. In jail at 15, still in cars, probation, you name it. I, I don't even want to get into all of it, but let me just tell you, I wasn't a good kid. What was you doing? I was hanging out in darkness. Hoping no one could expose my deeds. Because I was over here enjoying my flesh. Because I thought that's all there was to life was the enjoyment of flesh. And as long as my flesh was enjoying itself, then I had a handle on life. This is life. Get power, money, however you got to get it. Why? So you can feed your flesh. Because that's what life's about. Feeding your flesh. Drinking it. Smoking it. Toking it. Pop it. Flop it. Flop it. No. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Get all you can and can all you can get and get addicted to feel good, man, because that is living, baby. <laughs> Until that understanding of being turned over to yourself ends up in a place of self-destruction, Now I'm no longer addicted to feel good. I'm addicted 
to every type of drug and and I'm sitting at 22 thinking I know something and I'm in the pig pen sitting in darkness no way out I'm locked out of the realm I've now found the deepest, darkest resources of this realm. I'm bound. I'm trapped. Tried everything. It ain't working. Can't get out. I'm in a prison that I'm telling you, you couldn't get me out with a stick of dynamite, man. (laughs) One more fix wouldn't do it. Social reform couldn't do it. Counseling couldn't do it. Grandma, mama's love couldn't do it. Oh, friends and family couldn't do it. I'm trapped in darkness, separated from the realm of light and power. I'm in a kingdom I deserve, but I don't want to be in there. And something deep inside me tells me I don't belong here. I deserve it, but I don't belong here. Something in my subconscious and self-awareness tells me that this realm is not the realm that I was intended for. But I can't get out. I need somebody with some power to come get me out of my darkest hour. I need sanitized. I need some truth. I need some light. I need some understanding. Is there any atomic energy, dynamite energy that can shine through and find me there? Yep. On that great day, third week of October, 1985, behind the prison doors of darkness, bound to every satanic device you could think of, Living in paranoia and anxiety, thinking any moment I'm going to get what I deserve because I've done so many people wrong and I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen. I'm getting ready. How how do I? Oh man, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in deep doo doo. Is there anything else out there that can change my situation? Or is this my plight? Is this the plight of all humanity? Is this the end of all things? There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. This is it. Well, if that's it, and I'm in this state, the only way for me to crawl out is go get me some guns and take what I want from anybody I want to. Because there ain't no God, there ain't no judgment, there is no morality, it's all socially constructed, and you're all just stupid religious people needing a crutch, because you're afraid. (laughs) You 
devil is a liar. So here we go. On that fateful day, somebody that was carrying the light of this glorious gospel and was not ashamed of it, a person whom themselves was taken out of the dark recesses of abuse and rape and addiction and drugs just a year and a half earlier. <laughs> Gone to church now some three times a week. Oh my Lord, a woman has lost her mind. Walking in the light of this glorious gospel, I walked into the dynamite power of God that she was walking in this darkened, soul depraved, deprived, depravitized person, human existence, separated from the realm, had enough to walk into. Oh, oh, whoa. <laughs> Where are you from? What's that light coming out of your eyes? What's that presence coming off of your countenance? Why do I feel nothing but love coming from you when I've known nothing but hate and rejection? And what, who is, what, what realm are you from? What message are you carrying? What do you know that I don't know? What you got that I ain't got? How'd you get there? I used to know you. We partied together. We supped together. We did drugs together. We hung out together. We did all these crazy things together, yet I'm still over here and you're in another realm. How'd you get there? Got a key? What's, this? What's your secret? She just said the simplistic, simplest form of the gospel that can be known. Jesus Christ loves you and he desires to have your life. Sticks of dynamite beginning to get lit and fusion, fission happening everywhere atomic protons and neutrons from that spirit realm just organizing themselves i'm over here darkened heart blind eyes darkened soul satanically bound oh, protons of truth protons of light protons of love protons of resurrection power dynamite filled with forgiveness and deliverance how does it get from here to over there Jesus loves you he desires to have your life if he wants this poor pitiful excuse for a life he can have it boom here come the light, the love, the protons, the neutrons, the dynamite delivering power, the saving power, the healing power, the cleansing power of God coming in. Oh, yes. <laughs> Washing me clean and making me clean and taking the guilt and the shame away. That's the love of God. What's happening? I'm entering another realm. 
You'll never watch Marvel the same again. I've rendered for you. Power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Well, <clears throat> I've told people that, and they just rejected it. Plant the seed, plant the seed, plant the seed. They ain't eating enough husk yet. They'll get there. The more you plant the seed, and the more they reject it, the more God turns them over to themselves. The more you plant the seed, the more they reject it, the more God turns them over to themselves. You repeat, wash, and rinse that for about a couple of few years. It won't be long that they'll be at wit's in at the hog pen trail, eating the husk, hanging out with the pigs, watering around in the slop, and saying, I know I'm here, but I don't belong here. What's going on? So don't think telling the truth is wasted time. You're just, because every time they reject it, it just pushes them further into themselves. And the more into themselves they get, the more destructive they become. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. You can say the worst thing or the best thing that could ever happen to a human being is God turning them over to themselves. Well, put your hands together if you love the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am finished. Heavenly Father, we love you today. I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God, that the truth of the light of the glorious gospel of Christ would just be so real to them. And that they would understand, God, that the gospel is not to be ashamed of because it is the power it's the dynamite it's the atomic of God to transfer people into a realm of light out of a realm of darkness yes Lord yes Lord I pray for every person here God that your Holy Spirit would minister to them right now the love you have for them May they open their eyes and open their hearts and turn their lives over to the love of God. In Jesus' name.